Okay. We're back. All right. Once again, back to episode three with Isaac Tang. How are you, my brother? I'm good, man. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling. Um, not much happening. Just trained today in Bondi with Dave and Dams. That's what oh, yeah, I was up today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was sunny for a while. It's been so shit the weather in Sydney, so always trying to go out when the weather allows. Weren't you at Fitness Playground as well today? No, actually, few people, it's funny, a few people uh, asked me in, <laughs> in Bondi, like, yo, are you training twice today or something? But no, I'm always, you know, it probably happens the same to you, like, we have so much counter content, so I'm just posting sh- posting shit like all over the place. So yeah, it doesn't mean that like whenever I post something, it doesn't mean that I'm actually training or doing shit. <laughs> yeah, people hate it when I post something that is um like not within the same day because it, it messes with them, you know. So they always because <laughs> if I do that, then they keep on asking me and asking me. But if I just uh. Conti- like constantly posting the same day then they won't ask those questions but yeah mm. yeah it's funny it's funny to troll people a bit with the content um, but yeah how was your day what do you what do you get up to well, today was just a really chill day it's like uh, Sunday I like to rest on Sunday I like to wake up late um, and just scroll through like videos on instagram TikTok, see what the current trends are going on what what life is like and just yeah take things slow and just recover mm-hmm. yeah nice do you normally do that on sundays like do you have some sort of a uh, schedule and you like to do that on sundays yeah i like to rest a lot during like during the day for sunday because at night time there's gymnastics, so it goes from six to nine at uh, Key Center, Sydney Olympic Park. So during the day, I tend to rest a lot because it gets really intense during those sessions. But a day like this, where they don't have um, Key Center because of public holidays, I'm just taking more rest than usual. But I rarely get rest days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sick. No, I mean, I think definitely rest days are so important. But we all Kali guys, you know, we want to train every day. So it's always pretty tough to be in, like strict with the resting. But I definitely seen you, you put the time and effort on that and you do like bats and this sort of stuff. I'm not sure how consistent you really are with the ice bats and all that, but uh, I've seen you posting a lot about resting as well. I would like to do more, but my current situation doesn't allow me to get my consistent ice baths in and soreness in because I'm bouncing between two places at the moment. But uh, back when I was an Epping, like training by myself, um, I'll get ice baths in and soreness in really consistently. But now my training isn't fully calisthenics. It's also calisthenics, ac- acrobatics, breakdancing, um, dynamics is also kind of like separate to strength training within calisthenics so everything's like really mumbled up so i don't Mm -hmm. really need that much break because 
So when I'm doing strength training, my rest day, I'll be doing legs as in flipping. And uh, when mm. I'm resting from flipping, I'll be doing stuff with my arms. So I'm taking active rest days like all the time, training different stuff. Because the more diverse you are, the less you have to really recover from something specific. So ice baths and saunas became uh, less needed. Or they, although they would help, it's uh, they don't really need it as much. And I can't really get to use it at the current time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, like, um, I've seen you definitely, like, uh, posting something about the flips and the tricks and all. I'm honestly not very knowledgeable on that area. But, yeah, maybe you can tell me a bit more of how, like, you mentioned that you're trained a bit of different things. Uh, so maybe you can exp expand a bit more on how's your current split, if... Yeah, people are really confused about what the heck I'm training right now because I'm doing literally <laughs> everything, but I just want to let people know um, if they're watching this podcast and they follow me on Instagram, they see the things I do, that um, I'm still 100% focused on calisthenics. Like, I'm I'm not yes, going sir. anywhere, right? Calisthenics is like, um, it has my heart, but I'm a guy that can see into the long term. So my goal is to bring calisthenics to a bigger stage in order to do that um i sided with this uh movement team called dauntless and so they're the official hype squad for sydney kings so my goal is to uh perform at a sydney king show during the seasons so then i can display calisthenics at the best of my ability to a really really big crowd and in order to do that i need more jobs with them and in order to do that I need to learn every single skill which involves flipping, um, basing, which is like lifting up girls and doing tricks with them. And then mm -hmm. uh, f fire, twirling sticks and breathing fire and all that stuff. Um, also need to do a bit of break dancing, a bit of dance. Uh, <laughs> and along with that, di uh, dynamics and strength, i got to also like have find uh, time to include that in my schedule as well. So I'm doing all these things just so I can bring calisthenics to a bigger stage and that's really important for me. I'm not a very individualistic mm -hmm. person. I like to do things for the greater community because that's just who I am. But uh, in terms of what my plan is like in the week, so I have um, a big variety of training with Dauntless Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays, and it's two times a week, but they really want me to do three times a week. So realistically, it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from now on, three times training with basing, tricking, dance, fire, acrobatics, all that stuff. And then uh, Sundays would be dynamic days because that's where I go to Key Center and train dynamics with the boys. Monday, I have Metabank mm -hmm. Monday, which is something I do with a small group of boys in my local area and we do reps and sets and we rep out skills. And then... Um, Thursday after Dauntless training, I like to do dynamics with my housemate in Hurstville. Javier, shout out to Javier. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. any other day in the week, I'll try to fit in statics. So you can already tell that I have like a really, really busy schedule in terms of training. And so and I, it's really hard to recover during that time. But yeah, that's just how it is. And if you, if you want to, I'm not going to go into too much detail. You kind of just rewind the podcast because... 
I just said a really big mouthful, so you might have to rewind it to like really take it in if you want to know my full schedule. But there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, that seems like a lot. Definitely, like a lot of things in your plate at the moment. Um, and that's just from parts, right? Just uh, that is just training wise. I don't even. I guess we didn't even cover it yet into the. I guess working, you also have like full time job, if I'm not wrong, and you also all the content creation, which you do even for yourself and together with other people, which we we will cover soon. But yeah, but that's that's definitely very interesting. All the things that you're doing at the moment, and I guess trying to balance them out, that seems pretty challenging because. To me, I'm only doing calisthenics, right? And I guess within calisthenics, I'm mostly just doing statics. Um, I guess we don't balance, so like handstand, but not even that much. And I'm already having a bit of trouble sometimes to, to recover, right? So I can't even imagine, yeah, how much you have to, I guess, optimize your schedule to make sure you, like whenever you train, you have enough energy and you are recovered from the previous so similar session right so so yeah props props to you to, to do that um i mean you mentioned a bunch of things there which uh definitely want to to, to touch so if i get it right this um your 100 focus calisthenics that calisthenics is the number one goal uh what you breathe and eat <laughs> if that makes sense um, so I guess all these other things you also enjoy, but do you see them as some sort of mean to grow calisthenics and be able to reach more people? Because obviously calisthenics is uh, pretty niche at the moment, right? But what you're doing uh, right now with Dauntless, that seems like, I think pretty much everyone can relate if you see someone, you know, throwing some fire out of their mouth or doing backflips, right? So are you trying to do a bit of this, getting calisthenics to a bigger audience? So how it works with Dauntless is they do shows for people. It's a show company and they have a team of athletes. And so obviously the more well-versed I am in all aspects of um, the show, the more jobs I'll get, the more jobs I'll get, the more exposure I'll get to more people. The more mm -hmm. exposure I'll get to people, the more they see calisthenics, the more calisthenics grows, everyone benefits from that. And all these tricks and stuff, I actually really like them. I can go into how they've actually helped me with calisthenics because they have. But for now, uh, from a content standpoint, it's definitely really important uh, for calisthenics to piggyback off other sports. And I'm a firm believer in that because I've seen like uh, how a lot of people go into calisthenics after the Fit Expo. And the Fit Expo is primarily just like a like a whole mesh of other sports like bodybuilding and um, all these, I've never been to a fit expo, so I can't really speak <laughs> for it, but I only see calisthenics and bodybuilding from it, but I know that there's other stuff. Uh, so in order for calisthenics grow, I'm picking, backing off shows from like just the show business. Yeah, basically. And in terms of how these skills like help with calisthenics, well, tricks help with um, dynamics, obviously. Mm -hmm. It teaches you um, how to use your hollow body position, going through all these twists and stuff, uh, using how to be explosive and like proprioception, body awareness during all these moves. Then you got basing, which teaches you to use your core better, teaches you um, how to stabilize your body when you're basing. Fire twirling is kind of like just a gimmick, but I actually really enjoy it. 
because um this has like an element of danger and that just really gets me going and uh, um breakdancing you'll be surprised how much breakdancing like translates to calisthenics if you if you learn it correctly they have a really good mentality of how to um implement um implement balance and strength and just like combine it as a whole so it's been really eye-opening didn't really expect to learn much about my own sport by doing other sports but here we are just keeping my eyes open and um just accepting whatever comes to me mm -hmm. yeah no i think that's 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 very important actually because i remember in the past it happened already a few times to me that i've seen calisthenics at least progressing like way faster than usual and then I was asking them a bit and they, they told me they had some uh, breakdancing background. So I can definitely see how that uh, can help you out in calisthenics or just overall body awareness and strength and whatnot. And I think, yeah, definitely with the dynamic part, I can also see it as a, some sort of, um, I don't know, complementary slash uh, conditioning, especially in the legs, right? Like, let's say doing dynamics, right? Like if you fall... Uh, definitely you, sh you should have like a solid knees and ankles, right? To be able to handle all these falls. Otherwise that can really, you know, you can get injured. So, so yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. Like keeping your mind open and see, you know, taking what you can learn from, from those other sports. I think that's pretty, pretty good approach. And I guess just touching a bit forward on that. Um, and also, do you see like all these things that you're learning like taking calisthenics even forward in terms of innovating because I guess in us today like in comps or like when you see people performing combos or even just training you most of the times we see people doing a very similar you know set of tr tricks or moves even if they are calisthenics based they are pretty much similar right so I'm not sure if you well, I'm curious to know if you think all these things that you're learning can you know take innovation in calisthenics farther well, well not really by myself because i'm still learning the thing as well in order to really bring um, what, um aspects of one sport to another sport you have to be really adept like really advanced in one sport and also really advanced in the other so um i need to have really good knowledge in breakdancing which i probably won't i'm just trying to get baseline breakdancing stuff so i can do more shows but um it's really just opened up to me that like there's lots of calisthenics combos you can do on the floor that um that could be really cool if you just implemented some style of breakdancing because breakdancers use lots of like um like mobility within the floor games so like they'll do moves like a hollow back handstand or like bridge bridge to handstand and like have have the back in a really flex position and maybe you could like be creative with it and like go from hollow back handstand to like maybe like a reverse planche or like a victorian or something and like no one's ever thought about that because they've just all thought about um calisthenics moves that people have really done in like a linear line but if you can like reverse planche and then do a like an air flare to like a full planche and then maybe even do like a like a coin drop to a maltese or some shit then that could be really cool but like I don't, I don't have a good sense of like how impossible something is because I've never actually done it myself. Just like um, some people may think that there's some stuff that you can do in calisthenics, but uh, when people actually do the move, they think it's really impossible. 
such as like maybe um I don't know doing a uh, doing a front lever and and do you know that like impossible pull up where like you try to stay like ninety degrees to the bar so the bar is over uh, here and then your body's like that. Close yeah, like, to impossible. It, yeah, close to impossible, yeah. Like unless you do it and you understand like the things you can't really make up combos for it unless you like really good at um understanding the sport so bridging the gap between breakdancing and calisthenics is going to be really hard because you have to get both get good at both of them mm -hmm. yeah no yeah definitely and i think i think actually for uh, i know i think i thought about this in the past like you know like when you see now someone doing a string flip or I don't know, Ali Hoop or all these things. I guess like back then at some point someone had to invent this or probably just sport it from a different sport or something, right? So I think, I think yeah, over time this, I guess, innovation or growing and taking ideas from different sports just happen organically. But yeah, I see what you mean. Like you definitely need a, at least some medium to high level to be able to, to do those things. Um, but yeah, that's that's good that you are you're focusing on that and um, you know we we all start somewhere uh, so i'm not sure how long you are exactly been doing this but yeah i'm sure you will get definitely more i guess advanced <laughs> if that makes sense can i just talk really quickly about dynamics though because i, I really like dynamics and uh, i really good passion for, really great passion for it but like shrimp flip is actually a women's gymnastics move and many people don't know that because they don't watch um hmm. women's horizontal bars but you see women do shrimp flip and front flip regrab and like those are like the most hardest or like front flip regrab is the most hardest move for men's calisthenics but it's actually like one of the basic moves for women's gymnastics so that just really shows how far this um sport has to go in terms of like doing the flips and stuff because we got people doing like front full front flip regrab where you just do a front flip but 360 as well and then catch the bar again like that should be an easy move in gymnastics but it's really hard to move in calisthenics because calisthenics don't come from a flipping background whereas gymnasts do flips and they do bar work mm. and that's why you see like lots of people especially in australia people that have a flipping background get flips really um get calisthenics dynamics moves really easily and um and then you also have like breakdancing people like pivot workout and some monster strength that came from breakdancing um, background and they really get calisthenics moves pretty easily because of the carryover but yeah it's crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i, I, I definitely didn't know that uh from uh simply came out from from that that's actually very interesting um but yeah, actually, just, just touching on that, um, and you mentioned already that most of this, most Sundays you guys go to train to gymnastics in quite center. And I think something that I always find very interesting is the mixture of different, you know, backgrounds and skill sets and different people in in that place. So, so yeah, how important do you think is is that? Like, do you do you see you like is it often that you learn things or? Approach, approach things in a different way just because you have exposure to people coming from gymnastics or tricking or stuff like that? Yeah, it's really important because um, in terms of the content standpoint and also because of just growing the sport as well. 
So obviously, as we mentioned before, breakdancing um, helps with calisthenics and also learning flips also helps with dynamics. That's just like, make, that makes logical sense. But now if you look at it from like a business standpoint, from a creative standpoint, you look at the sport CrossFit and everyone hates CrossFit because it's a mix between um, like functional fitness, bodybuilding and Olympic powerlifting. It's all combined. And, but it's become a really big sport. It's become a really big community. So if we have parkour people, we have flipping people, we have tricking people, we have breakdancers and calisthenics all combined, then like the more we come, I'm not saying that we make a new CrossFit, like make a competition <laughs> where there's parkour, that's just, <laughs> it might, might not take it that far, that's a bit dumb, but um, just like have the community, like just like how they have like powerlifters and bodybuilders and um like functional fitness people, marathon people, like people that do cardio, like they all they all band together. If we all band together, then we'll all grow like together. That's why I'm doing stuff with Dauntless because they have parkour guys, they have flipping guys, breakdancing guys, tricking guys. Yeah, and that's how you like really grow a sport, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is, that is sick. Um, I think that's very important because obviously like calisthenics community at the moment is pretty, pretty small, even compared with, I know, tricking or parkour, I would say, they are definitely in a more advanced stage, not even talking about CrossFit, CrossFit is definitely in another league in terms of uh, community and people uh, doing it. So yeah, I think, I think you, you, you briefly mentioned that to me in the past uh, about, you know, joining all these similar but yet different communities together, we can definitely achieve things like, uh, I don't know, having a new park or stuff like that, right? So. So yeah, I think it's definitely going into the right direction. So, um, you briefly, okay, so that was a bit of a blank spot, but uh, there's something I wanted to follow up from Flip City you becoming, uh, I guess, gonna call famous or at least well-known for this being your trick or you've been really definitely putting a lot of time and effort. Um, you're getting quite consistent to, to, to this trick, right? Um, I, know, I, wanna, I wanna know your, hear more about why this trick is so important to you, if that makes sense. <laughs> why is something <laughs> like really important to me? Because, um... After February comp, actually, the uh, qualifiers, the one uh, with Ultimate and Duff Tough, mm-hmm. I uh, like, thought about after that comp, I was like, what if I just rocked up to a comp and like did a really big move, like the front flip? Because I thought the front flip regrow was literally impossible for me. Um, so I didn't believe I could do it. But then one day, I just threw the front flip regrow, and after the third attempt, I caught it, and I just freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> And so then it actually became possible. And so maybe I'm adept at front flip regrab because who the hell catches front flip regrab in three attempts with uh, with just having a front flip as a base and having 360 inch flip and nothing else, not even explosive pull for cast giant, none of that, just sent it. So it became my thing because, um, because I just got good at it. Like if you're not good at it, um, then it takes a bit of a while for you to make it your thing. You actually have to grind for it. But... Uh, for me, the grind was getting it really consistent and doing it on every single bar. So the wooden bars in gymnastics, the metal bars in gymnastics, um, 
Javier's bar, which is a custom-made metal bar. Um, I've yet to throw it on hard floor, but I, like, knowing me, I, I probably could land it and, like, throw it because I just have <laughs> fucking bores. But landing on every single type of bar, learning, learning on, um, landing on every single type of surface is my goal right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Fun Fun just, like, really caught my heart because it looks so fucking cool. And when you're doing it, and you're flying through the air and you're flipping, you actually see the bar and everything is in slow motion and you actually feel adrenaline pounding your chest when you catch it. Like, huh. It's a really good feeling. Like It only occurs for 0.5 seconds, but it feels like it feels like a whole minute of you just flying through the air. It's really hard to describe it. That's why I love dynamics now. With hmm. statics, you hold it for a really short time. It feels like a... It feels like a while, but it's actually a really short time. But with dynamics, it feels like a while, but it is a short time. Wait. Yeah, it's oh. the same thing. But it's like, basically the same. <laughs> yeah, but but with but with one move you feel good about it, and the other move you don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I think yeah, I think that that's, that's similar. But I guess to me, I mean, I don't really do dynamics, the dynamics part, right? But I think what it, statics or strength based move like. You might have good or bad days, but if you can do a skill, you can do it, right? But in a dynamic skill, right? Like there might be days that maybe you can't catch nothing, right? And I guess there's always this factor of um, not knowing what's going to happen slash risk, which definitely hits the adrenaline. And if you are able to actually connect that with the statics, that's, that's the whole beauty, right, of, of the sport. Um, obviously, that what gives you most of the points as well in competitions. So, so yeah, very, very, it's very impressive. Um, especially, yeah, I, like just continuing on the front flip rewrap, like someone like has no idea about calisthenics, everyone can relate to that. Like if you see that going on, that you are like, holy shit, that is wild. You know, like everyone can see how that is crazy. Um, it's actually a super trick, right? Like it's, uh, I might be mistaken on this, but do you think it's the easiest super trick out there compared with all the other ones? Yeah, it's worth 19 points. So in terms of points, it's actually really high because it's one point away from a full planche. So huh. it's actually worth a lot of points, but um, but the front flip regrab takes no strength out of you. And if you land it right, it's um, it doesn't hurt your hands at all. Um, depending on who you are, it doesn't even take that long to grind for. But some people... I don't know it's really hard to tell at the moment because obviously Calisthenics is a small sport so that there's a small sample space of people so you can't really you can't really say anything is a fact in this sport at all like at all because there's no there's a small sample space but in personal experience um I'll still have to do other moves to find out I've been I know 720 is much much harder for me but it's really easy for other people like Jai because mm-hmm. Jai um can 720 be can't fluff a regrab um, Javier can frisbee, which is I forgot how many points that is. Maybe it's like one point less than frontflip regrab, but he can do that. But can't frontflip regrab, and he's been trying frontflip regrab for two years. Whereas I did it third attempt, and I can't frisbee. Huh. So sample space is too small to really tell. But yeah, I hope that gave you a little bit more ex- perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's really helpful. Um, and also I guess that. Like, yes, it's still, like, I'm guessing, like, how you learn all these tricks is basically, yes, obviously trying 
and having the, the balls to, 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 to attempt and obviously talking with your friends that maybe did it in the past, but there isn't really a way, established way to learn all those things, right? Yeah, so having the balls is the most important thing. <laughs> like, would you rather have one good attempt and tap the bar and like have a 60% of hurting yourself or have a 20% chance of hurting yourself but do it 15 times? <laughs> it's a matter of efficiency as well. Either way, you're going to send it at the end of the day. It's just a matter of when. Um, mm -hmm. For Ginger, which is a new move that I'm trying to acquire, my first day of doing it, and I've only been training for one day, I caught it on fourth attempt. Not clean though, but I've been consistently tapping it on the first day just because I don't have the balls. Like I'm not shy about it. My first, my first two attempts were shy, and then I just there's just a switch that goes off in my head. I'm like, okay, let's just do it. Like there's no point. There's no point holding back. Um. You're 20 years old. You're going to be the dynamics until you're like 40. You're going to have to send at some point in the future. Why not do it now? And so that's mm -hmm. my mindset. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. How much do you think is related to just having the courage to do it versus, like, do you think having all the other tricks that you already learned, like, I don't know, probably I'm missing some, but like 360, stream or 540, do you think like having more ticks in the back helps you? unlocking new tricks or is more about yes having the courage and somehow having some predisposition for that trick weirdly when you start off none of the moves like correlate to each other like 360 doesn't correlate with shrimp flip obviously shrimp flip doesn't correlate with front flip re-grab um because it's the other way around but i caught that third attempt because i just had the balls shrimp flip however i um i caught it in two and a half months and i did over a hundred attempts and recorded that on the reel on my store on my um, main feed and instagram it took me a really long time 360 i caught it on the same day maybe like after the fifth attempt but then i kept i kept on losing it and losing it because the technique was easy but i got scared and so i think i've lost my 360 now as well because it's not as clean as it used to be before but you'll lose 360 about um four times in six months <laughs> and you have to relearn it so that's more of a balls thing not a technique thing shrimp flip balls and technique it's just a hard move in general everyone struggles with shrimp flip front flip re-grab definitely balls no technique the technique for front flip re-grab is so simple and straightforward because it's a linear move uh ganger is very technical um to get it really perfect but i'd say for ganger for me I got it really good to start off with and um, my gangers on my first day was like perfect form according to Javier and and you can take Javier's word because that man's like a geek. He just geeks out on everything dynamics <laughs> and he says my form is like absolutely mint so I don't know who else can judge dynamics. I know he says really clean but that's because I actually did lots of side flips and um, I did lots of flipping so I had, kind of had that awareness of twisting and so that was more of like a just a subconscious subconscious move paired with balls and um that's how i got my technique but it's really hard to tell because i know the more the sport grows the more we'll finally figure this shit out but as for now i'm just i'm just um 
sources trust me, bro, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, just considering, like, how young the sport is, like, probably all these didn't really exist, like, I don't know, three, four years ago, right? Some of these dynamics. Um, but, yeah, no, it's very impressive. And also, it's something very interesting, like, I'm not sure what's your process in, like, do you, like, focus on, okay, now I got these moves unlock, or I can have, I have, like, 80% or 90% success. Like, okay, I'm ready to, unle- like, learn a new one. Is this sort of your approach, or you just go by feeling, like, okay, today I'm just feeling to try Frisbee, or tomorrow, like, uh, 540, things like that. Or you are more, I guess, methodical and trying to get one trick at a, like, at a time. Yeah, so for me, I go by three things. Um, like just linear progression. So I go 360, then I learn the shrimp flip, then I learn 360 the shrimp flip, and then I learn um, 540, and I learn shrimp flip to 540, and I do 360 shrimp flip to 540. <laughs> so linear progression in that, in that sense. And then also I go by um, tap rate and catch rate on the first attempt. So my 40, 540 is bad, but the only reason I moved on to Ginga is because my tap rate for my first attempts for 540 were all 100%. So I'm not catching the bar, but catching the bar is actually a mental thing. It's actually not because you do bad technique or because your grip is weak. Your grip is not weak. Your grip is very strong. You're just not mm. catching the bar because you mentally don't want to do it. So it's okay to move on from there. And of course, it's all source. Trust me, bro. But yeah, just trust me, bro. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah first tap tap percentage for 540 was 100% for every attempt but catching it was really bad but that, that'll come in time uh, so I threw the ganger mm-hmm. and, I've, and I've only learnt very few moves compared to other people because I focus on power moves not transitions and stuff so I don't even know how to, to um, Olympic kit muscle up I don't even know how to like do front rolls properly don't know how to do any of the transition moves mm-hmm. properly. I just work linearly. 360 sh- to shrimp flip. And then 360 shrimp flip. Then 540. Then shrimp flip 540. 360 shrimp flip 540. Like that kind of pattern. And then... Um, uh-huh. third, is there a third thing? Maybe. I don't know. We'll get back to it if I can think of it. But yeah. That's my um, process in doing moves with dynamics at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's it. I think... Also, like, I see a lot of people also highlight different flaws. Like, yeah, like, you know, I mean, I think her stuff became pretty popular for maybe overthrowing a lot of transitions, right? And he got a bit of hate. So, yeah, there are, like, so many different styles at the moment. Um, yeah, but you say, like, that's also completely fine, right? You can just be throwing uh, different, like, hard tricks, right? Even super tricks and maybe not even caring about transitions. But some other people might not even throw that much. Like in the end, they might only throw a couple of 260s on here and maybe a 540, and everything else was transitions, right? So, so yeah, in the end, it's just also a matter of, of styles of what you what you vibe the most, um, I guess. Um, so, okay, I think we covered quite good dynamics unless you want to add something else. But I wanted to move into statics. Let's do it. <laughs> all right i guess um yeah well let's just start simple like um has, has been i mean there are obviously two main categories i would say like planter front labor yes 
to simplify this, um, just maybe run me a bit through your progression so far in both of them. So planche is a lifelong struggle. Um, I've held retracted planche for eight seconds. Protracted planche is really shit at the moment. But yeah, just working on it. Um, not really consistently training it at the moment. Just doing more conditioning work because I promised myself after the July comp, which was a SOSP comp, I'll just work on reps and sets, building back my tendon strength and, um, and weighted game and reps game. Um, for front lever though, I just make gains passively. So, so I don't really work on it at all, except just doing holds now and then and doing attempting on um, front lever blocks. But my, my peak, I could do a, a, like a not straight body four second touch, which mm -hmm. is much easier than a, um, and then an open rear delt, like line, like shoulders relaxed and, and like, completely retracted and chest up like kind of touch which is much harder and um front level pull up is still really close grip uh really false grip uh but can pull up to the waist but not really a great line like you can tell that i'm being really honest with my stakes because i know the difference between good form and bad form mm -hmm. and i know how hard it is to achieve good form but yeah this is me being honest so um, close grip front lever pull-ups with not a good entry and then a uh, hunched over touched front lever. And then for planche, retracted planche for time. But that's not really worth much <laughs> compared to a uh, protracted planche that you can only hold for three seconds. But yeah, that's just my um, my progress so far. Mm -hmm. No, so I think that's really important to be honest with with uh, yourself, right, in terms of, yeah, statics or anything you do. So, and also I think it's good, you mentioned form and, you know, maybe compromising for now and then, that, I think that's also fine. As long as you have in mind, you know, what the, I guess, good form or final form you're working towards, I think it's fine to also add some volume with, uh, like, not as good form. Um, so yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Um, so, with front lever, for instance, just focusing on front lever uh, for a start. Um, do you think you were working on front lever more in the beginning of your calisthenics journey? That's why maybe when hitting got it became easier now, and you don't really have to push that much time into it. Oh uh, yeah, this swimming just like Aaron, but not as high of a level as Aaron. So I did swimming. I got like just zone every year not really national as a state or anything but yeah just using my back a lot um you can also tell by my pictures i have a really big back <laughs> um i'd like to do my way <laughs> i just prefer to do pulling movements um mm -hmm. i also like to mention that i'm balanced in the sense that i can do weighted pull-ups uh, i can do a one-arm pull-ups and handstand push-ups as well and I've actually focused on handstand push-up, like just purely handstand, I don't know, purely um, one-arm pull-up training for a good six months at the start of my journey. And so that took away from me doing front lever, but in turn, it's made me more balanced in terms of all the counseling skills. And then one-arm pull-up actually like helped me transfer to bouldering. So I'm actually pretty good at bouldering and people don't know because I don't post it <laughs> for like 
actually pretty impressive at it. Uh, and then handstand push-ups, I like to do as well, which is taking me away from plant sh- training because I usually just focus on handstand push-ups in the beginning of my journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the original question, why, why am I just better at pulling? I know, just because I am. I got big hands, so I got really big hands, man, so I can grip the bar really well. <laughs> um, I got a big back. And I've been swimming for a while. I know how to use my back. I've actually got a really flexible back as well. And Hector's seen my back when I did my bridge. Remember at Bondi? <laughs> yeah, my back I is know, yeah. really, really flexible. So when I bridge, I, I'm literally like the exorcist. You know, the exorcist girl, the de- demon girl. And so I guess when I'm doing pull-ups or any kind of high pull, the mobility in my back kind of lets me like activate my muscles more and even get high and pull or something. I don't know. My body just favors pulling in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's good, and it's actually good, like important that you you seem to be aware and you manage to identify why is that the case. Um, but yeah, it's actually interesting. Uh, you mentioned before, like actually training one arm pull up made you a bit more balanced, which is very it's very funny when I when I think about it because one arm pull up or typically one arm movements, like one arm from labor, one arm handstand, are by itself an imbalance element, right? You're focusing on one side, but from when I hear in your journey that actually help you balance it more in the long term. So, so yeah, I guess it just proves that there is no one right path to, to for calisthenics, right? And everyone has different learning and um, progress, but yeah, that's the sick. And I definitely have seen you doing like, uh, I remember like last week you were just throwing one arm pull-ups in the street, like no warm-up and they were all like the thing that you were passing the, the chin. So yeah, I was, I was very impressed. At the same time, I was a bit freaked out. Like, yo, this guy is just fucking sending this right here again. Um, but yeah, it's good that you, you got that locked in. Um, your body is conditioned to that. So that's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, what else I wanted to ask? Um, oh yeah, so so you were also saying about handstand push-ups, and you focus a lot on that in the beginning. I think I definitely saw a pattern on people pretty good at handstand, and handstand, you know, push-ups or anything, you know, shoulder-related strength, and they normally transfer that easily to plants, right? Um, so right now, are you still focused that much on handstand strength, like push-ups or like 90 degrees, things like that? Or you focus more like in the straight arms, like plants? How do you how do you structure that a little bit? So I used to do lots of like reps for our walls, just to handstand push-ups. Lots of um, pseudo-planch push-ups to um, assist with the concentric portion of 90 degree handstand push-up because my goals back then was just to impress people for social media, not so much as um, competition, because it's a different way of training. Um, so Instagram training and just like getting views and stuff and like um, impressing people on TikTok is very different to actually preparing for a competition. So for a competition, you want to get your planche down and you want to get your front lever down. Whereas um, TikTok back in uh, 2020, people were really impressed by one on pull-up and people were really impressed by handset push-ups. So it got me lots of followers, so I did lots of that. But <laughs> now, but now um, I'm just doing 
attraction planche work just straight on conditioning work for planche like just purely planche i don't do I, I can't remember the last time i did a workout with um actually no in adelaide i did do it with forest because forest is just a handstand freak <laughs> mm. but um yeah yeah i don't really do um handstand volume work anymore i just attempt it every now and then um just to make sure i have my balance right and um in terms of the transfer between handstand push-ups and planche i know that's a very like common thing to ask people and i guess i'll just shed light on it because um just increase the sample space because sample space for calisthenics is very sparse in terms of people's progress but for me um i'll say i'll say it's more it's more beneficial if you actually um straight arm press because i just only did bent arm handstand movements whereas forest and like other people they will do um like straight arm presses and so then when they do um uh um handstand to straddle press it'll be mm. a much better carryover whereas if you just do handstand push-up volume work it builds you big shoulders yeah it big gives you big shoulders and gives you um like a better planche but like you're not holding it uh protracted and you're not and you're not getting any benefits from transitioning between um handstand handstand to straddle planche and then straddle press you're not getting any carryover to press you're only getting carryover to just volume and just hold time you know it might not even be uh, protracted anyways so i i did no straight arm pressing i did no like pressing work i just did um push-ups and so that got me the shoulders for planche so i've never gotten a shoulder injury in planche um that's a good carryover i guess i've only gotten wrist injuries mm -hmm. from planche no bicep injury because i did really i did a lot in um weighted pull-ups and one-on pull-up training no shoulder injuries at all only wrist injuries so that's my that's my personal testimony to the carryover between handstand push-ups and planche mm-hmm yeah, no, that, that's it. I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty good that you are sharing that uh, with such detail because, yeah, we definitely need more data in calisthenics. Um, yeah, we don't have it to nail down to science, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's definitely very interesting. I, I fully agree that definitely doing uh, the straight arm strength moves, like even straddle presses, and even if you use momentum or even just negatives, it pretty has more carry over to the actual plants itself. Um, and yeah, at the same time, I think it's important to have that mass, like muscle mass or yes, conditioning, as, as you mentioned, that's just pretty a requirement for the long term at least, right? Um, so just, I guess, just following up a bit more on the plants one. So you said you are now more aware of how, I guess, what things to improve, like you mentioned protraction and whatnot. Uh, can I ask how, How's the plans workout looking like for you right now, or how are you making sure you address those, um, I guess, form deficiencies, just to name it? Yeah, so I talk to a lot of people in the community about how to do planche work, but I always just stick to my own ritualistic routine to start off um, warming up for planche because I believe warming up for planche is like just good because planche, going to planche training is really demoralizing. Yeah, so my warm-up for planche is to mentally prepare me for it because when you're doing planche and you can't actually planche, it's a really daunting task because you just look like an idiot in the gym, 
right? You look like an absolute fucking fool. And like, it's impressive to people, but like when you film it and look back at it, it just you, you feel so much shame towards doing this move. So, but don't let this dissuade you from learning the planche, obviously. Okay, so my warm-up, I just do, um, like, warm-up my scapulars because I feel really tight um, in, my, in, like, this actual skin of my biceps when I'm doing planche. Like, when I'm trying to press through my hands and, like, uh, depress my scapulars and, like, retract, I feel like the skin of my bicep is actually, like, stopping me from doing it. So I have to warm up in that sense. I'm like, sometimes I do sauna beforehand. Sometimes I just do lots of flips and stuff before. But yeah, um, warming my scapulas by going down on the, on the floor and just like driving your elbows into the ground and like retracting. And then lots of leans and then using the bands, do supinated um, banded press like pulls. Like using the band to do that. Just to push through the band and get your scapulas activated and your biceps skin like loose because <laughs> skin surprisingly needs to be warm for you to actually get good form because it will stop you if it's really tight that's that's what i noticed for me maybe just because like i have <laughs> i don't know i have bigger muscles and so then like the skin becomes really tight <laughs> i know um but yeah, then going to the planche workout, like I just work on my holds for volume. So with the bands on some days, just to get the volume in and I make sure I don't use bands for some days, just doing leans because bands can screw up your scapular depression and your and your um, scapular protraction if you use them too much. And then get the press work in, do it just like jumping, jumping into a straddle press with a big band on. And it looks so dumb in the gym, man. Like, people watch you do it and they think, what the heck is that guy doing? So demoralizing. Especially because I can't handstand negative to straddle planche. So I can't do anything cool in that sense. So I have to do the concentric and lower down with the band. And then it will be just like um, more strength work with kettlebells and you do your Zanetti presses. Everyone does those. It actually feels really nice. And um, weighted planks, I like, I like to do to keep the core strong, because my everything's lacking. But um, I'm not neglecting the core. I'm trying to protract um, while I'm doing the plank as well, and then just some core work. Um, yeah, that's basically it for my planks workout. Really short and sweet. But um, I hope to see some progress, man. There's just consistency in my in in time, yeah. Mhm. Mm yeah, no, I think that sounds pretty good to me. Um, definitely, you are addressing the main parts, which is definitely hold um pretty presses or negatives, which is also helping with the straight arm part. Um, and I think yes, to be fair, it's always a bit the case. Like people is just like you know. Normally people are very good at pulling this out with the plants all the other way around. And I think definitely, believe it or not, I think having like, you, you mentioned you have a big back, that that's not going to really help in plants, right? Because I think, I mean, this is always like probably like a different conversation, but you shouldn't be using your back at all in the plants. So it's in the end, it's just some muscle mass there that is making the exercise 
uh, a bit heavier. So I think it's just fine that it's taking you, uh, I mean, not that it's taking you too long, but obviously a bit longer than the front lever. So I think it's good that you're, you're putting the work um, and you're doing the what's required. Um, and also you, ma you mentioned, that's very interesting as well. I know, I think now more people is using weights as in dumbbells or like, I guess, classical, not for the building, but you know, just like gym equipment to, to also supplement your calisthenic, right? And I think maybe before there was a bit of a stigma on that or like, oh shit, you're not like pure calisthenic per people, person anymore, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm more curious to know like how much of that you use currently in your, in your training. Yeah, so uh, weights just feel nice. Zanetti presses help a lot. You can definitely feel it in the right place when you're doing it. You can progressively overload in them because you can go by small increments in terms of weight. Um, also, it feels like you've actually done a workout because if you do planche and you just do holds and you just do presses with a band or whatever, core work, it feels like you haven't hit a workout. It feels like you've just been playing around, but when you do Zanetti presses, like actually, actually hurts. <laughs> so when you walk out of the gym, you get a massive bicep pump. It's like, oh, I actually did something. I feel good. And it's good carryover as well. Yeah, nice. And I think, yeah, I think I, I like what you mentioned as well. Like it's way easier to progress the forward load with weights, right? Like at least for instance, in my, in my case, I've been doing more of a, yes, overhead, uh, uh, press shoulder presses with the with the with the bar, and it's obviously way easier to for me to track. And yeah, to me, I also have. I mean, I, like for me, at least shoulder strength is definitely my weakness. And uh, this is one of the ways I'm trying to, to address that. Um, complementary to the pure, I guess, plant specific uh, training. So so yeah, I'm definitely enjoying that. Uh, I wish I started doing that earlier on, but you know, you never know. You don't know what you don't know. So. That's, that's good. Um, I guess just a bit zooming out a bit more in your, I guess, journey or, uh, I guess, I would say, persona or public figure. I know you are big on TikTok and content creation is a big part of your life. Um, so I'm just curious to, like, if you maybe, uh, I don't know, walk me a bit through your journey or how all this relates with calisthenics or how important you think you know content creation is unlike actually good content you know like i think we all know like for instance license obviously came to everyone's mind as in one of the person that became especially influential to all of us and it was pretty big because of the quality of the content he was creating right so yeah i'm just curious to know a bit more of this this side of you yeah so um I always had the idea of making videos when I was 16, when I first started casting, like the first year. But I uh, got big on TikTok, or well, started growing on TikTok when I was um, 18, 2020. Um, got lots of traction, but it was, I got good at content creation. Like I know what makes a good video, know what's good, know how to make things viral if I really wanted to. The thing is I didn't really want to at the time because I, I looked back at my videos and I just wasn't proud of how it was but there's like lots of stitching lots of, of duets with people and like they'll go viral but it's like really toxic and on tiktok um when you stitch people and like you show them up like oh i can do this better <clears> than you and like oh this person's information is incorrect or like to react to something it'll get lots get lots of views and get really viral but then 
Uh, I know it's not sustainable for the long term. So I just really took a big break, like a step back and like, this isn't the type of content I wanted to create. And so that's when um, I really invested into equipment and looked into the like, like the more aesthetic video side of, of uh, making content on Instagram. And of course, when you make that content on Instagram, it doesn't really blow up. Like, um, it doesn't blow up like other videos that you make that are less, less quality. But I know that I'm going to be in this for the long game. So basically, I'll be content creating and I won't stop until I die. And that's a really long time, like 80 years of content creation purely. I know I'll get famous no matter what I do. So I'm really not in any rush. I'm just experimenting. Like, um, it doesn't really matter what I make at the moment as long as I just experiment and try because... I'm at the time in my life right now where I don't have any much debt, don't really have a family or anything, so I can just fuck around and like have no consequences. So in terms of content creation in that sense, I've just been experimenting. Um, but content creation is really important for Cal Sanks, obviously it grows the community. When I would, when I would like make um when I'd make uh posts on TikTok, I'll get like flooded with DMs and requests from people. And like lots of them, some of them stayed like a small percentage of them stayed back, mm. and I actually know them. Like, um, some of those people like I, I'd see in real life, and they'll come up to me, and then we'll train together, and it's actually really rewarding. But it's, it's a really small percentage of people. Um, so the more you grow, obviously, the more bigger this percentage will be, and if everyone did it, then everyone will be more connected. So. That would help the Calisthenics community in the long run, which is definitely what I want to see. Um, but there's a definitely a way that you should go about making content, because obviously, uh, going viral on on TikTok, like what some people do, like all the cringy stuff about like oh, seeing how people react to me in the gym, it makes it makes really good content. You get lots of views, but like, there's no backbone behind it. There's no value behind it. Uh, you just seem like a cocky individual and that's what um i don't like like i do a lot of it but i don't really invest too much time into it like you saw my latest video on tiktok where i did like a trip into a handstand like like into a, a dead press into handstand and, and got like a million a million views in tiktok which is bloody crazy but like i'd made that video i knew it was going to be viral yeah but then that like that's the last video I've made since then. Like, I, I knew, like, if you go back on my TikTok now, it's just dauntless shit. And then there's that video. And then after that video, nothing. I'm not pursuing or anything. I just uploaded it just to know that, oh, if I wanted to blow up even further, then that's what I'd do. But, like, I don't want to do that. I want to, I'd rather make nice, chill edits and um, kick back and relax and really define my editing style before I go into some serious stuff. Because um, that that route, like the TikTok route of impressing people, uh, it's kind of cringy, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn. No, that's that's really good reflection, and it's definitely something that I guess I think we all been through that at some point, like being too addicted to like I don't know, getting likes. Obviously, not at that scale. Probably that's a huge like one like. When you think about one million views, like, I mean, you say it and it sounds crazy, but we can't even comprehend how crazy that is. Like one million 
people actually saw that video. That is just, it's hard for humans to even think about that, right? So it's, I think it's just easy for, for people to just get addicted to that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you are able to identify that, you know? And I think, like even at, at your age, like when I was 20, like there's no way, no fucking way I will like even think about that. Dude, like if I had 10 more likes, I would just do whatever shit uh, I had to do, right? So, so yeah, I think that's, that's, that's pretty good that you know what the long-term plan is and uh, you're working on, on that direction. So, so yeah, I think that's it. It's really, really, really good for the community as well. And I guess, um, yeah, yes, I guess, unless you have anything to add on that, just touching on the community part. I know you're also running some, like, recurrent yeah. meetups so in, in your area. Meetup is the thing that I do with my, with my um local friends, uh, because obviously when I was when I was training in high school, doing mm -hmm. calisthenics, people would find it really impressive, and so um when I post on Instagram, they would see me doing it more and more and more, and my friends wouldn't join in when I was doing it in high school. Because they were just doing their own thing, no hate to them, but like, um, it's okay to be a normal teenager sometimes. But now that they are see me train for more than three years, like I hit my four mm -hmm. year four year mark at the sixteenth of September. Um, they they're up to that maturity where they want to really focus on themselves and train, and so, I just spend I just like free up my Monday, so then I can offer that to them. Like, um, it's really, it's a really democratic kind of like group, you know, like everyone's got something to offer. There's no, like, there's no one person in charge. My camera's just disconnected. It's back. It's back again. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a very <laughs> chill that. group. Just like, <laughs> all right. I, I really that. believe in community. I say that all the time and people say, oh, I believe in Calisthenics community, but they do nothing about it. But for me, I like free up my Mondays so I can train these guys for free. Mm -hmm. Even though I do have paid clients, I train for free um, because they love calisthenics and they're my mates. And I know that in the long term, I got to practice. Like, I got, I'll be doing workshops or something. I got to put in that experience as well. And it's also just. Just learning how to manage like a group of people working out in the park is also really important for um for growing the sport. Like actually knowing how to manage people, knowing what it's like to uh, have people work out with you that want to learn things from you. Because we do um we do we do like reps and sets at the end. We have this cool challenge where we go from um fifteen reps and there's four exercises. So we do fifteen pull ups, fifteen dips 15 rows 15 push-ups then we go 14 14 14 14 13 13 13 13 down to one and so we develop um team bonding by like putting on good music but also pushing ourselves when you see we shout out what number we're up to when like we're doing our reps and so other people know what um how fast they have to go or um if they can take a bit of a break uh yeah that's it's a really good thing and then we also just have like a sausage sizzle at the end. We allocate one person to, we allocate one person to buy sausages and bread uh -huh. for the whole group on um, that night. And 
yeah yeah man it's just a good vibe just learning how to like be a community like people want to grow the calisthenics community but they don't even know what being part of a community is like you know like an act like not like instagram community like an actual tribe an actual community where you're supporting each other cheering each other on while you're working out not just being like a hermit in your room doing planche and like not supporting others and not training with others if you want to be a community you actually have to like see people in real life and communicate with them and say hi <laughs> like we kind of we lost track we lost track of that because of social media but it's good to be out there with actual people in training yeah and no, i think that's super like that's um, so unvaluable like what you're doing that is really 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 important and yeah especially like even yourself you know better than most people like uh how addictive uh social media can be but at the same time it's so important to do these things in real life and build that real human connection right which is really the best way like you are yeah you're sacrificing some time but it's definitely an investment right like you are able to share that with those people and now at some point those people are going to be able to to share it right so it's just exponential growth so that is really yeah that's the best way we can we can do this and this is definitely the, the, the best way i think the sport can grow because yeah believe it or not it's like a street workout for a reason as well right so so yeah it's important that we don't forget the roots and we try to do this sort of street meetups activities uh, you name it i think it's really important Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you want to cover anything else on that topic. Um, I have a list of like questions or things. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to talk about anything else in particular, otherwise I'm, can I follow up on something else? Can we talk about, um, who we should interview next because Absolutely. our laptop's about to die yeah. actually <laughs> yeah let's let's who should we interview next uh like in australia you mean australia wide like anyone well like you talked yeah about that, one. that was pretty cool like who who are you thinking that about interviewing um next? well to me I, I guess i have a bit of like internal not, not battle but like i'm definitely thinking about that and in one on one side uh, these people that I'm literally legit interested to talk to, you know, like athletes, you know, like top tier athletes and how they go there. And like, I think everyone is, I guess, interested in knowing that. But at the same time, I don't know them, right, as a person. So, so far, what is really motivating me the most, and I feel like getting more, most of it, is actually interviewing people that I know, right? And like you, Aaron, like, and the other one that we had with Ethan as well, and like here Mariano, right? Like Mariano is definitely top, top, top worldwide. But I had the chance to be here close with him when he was living in Australia. So, um, yeah, sorry. I feel like I just deviated a lot for the original question. So I guess um, probably just friends. Like I trained with, um, uh, I think Dave. It's probably one of my, it's definitely my top, uh, top three of people that I would like to interview. Um, Ethan as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think those are probably two of the people that I would like to interview so far the most. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously this project is just very, very, very early beginnings. So I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future. Maybe 
don't know, there will be the opportunity to interview other athletes, um, like worldwide and whatnot. Uh, but so far, I want to very like focus first on the people, you know, like actually touching back on the community part. So I want to also give a voice on people from here, right? So that's what I would like to do first before going, I guess, bigger. Um, so yeah, any suggestions you got, absolutely uh, are welcome. But I think you also might be very curious on, on Dave, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, start small. Dave's next. Let's get Dave, yeah. bro. I want to see what's inside that head of, head of <laughs> his. <laughs> yeah, you will see. Okay, easy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and if there is anything you want to add, like some last words, bye or something like that, we can wrap it up. Melbourne's going to be insane. <laughs> Yeah, shit, we didn't even talk about that, actually. Um, I guess, okay, uh, I know there's something you definitely want to land there. Uh, is it like secret that you want to surprise the world or you you want to, you, you can t tell us a bit more what you, you want to throw? Um... Well, following that trend of like people not showing the progress, I might as well just keep it a secret then. Secret? Okay. No? Easy. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I might... We, yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it all at that. We'll right, just leave sick. it at that. Alright then. Okay, then... Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, man. I guess that's... That's a wrap, man. Easy. Woo! best podcast host